Welcome back everybody. Okay, so today we're doing Mosiah 25 through 28 and in the Come Follow Me manual it's called They Were Called the People of God. That is the title and we are going to see this like, okay, so if you guys remember last week, let's just back up. Last week we had um, Lamhai and their people came down to Lana Zarahemla. If you remember, Ammon went and saved them and you know, brought them down. And then Alma and his people have come down to the land of Zarahemla. So now they're all in the land of Zarahemla and Mosiah is the king. So super exciting. And now they're going to, we're going to see in these chapters, they're going to organize the church. It's just going to, it's going to be awesome. So a couple points to look out for, for um, today's video is um, don't give the enemy of, of God a chance. We're going to see that later to, today, that, that phrase of the, um, the enemy of God having a chance, and we don't want to give him a chance. So, also we're going to talk about parents' prayers are heard. Everybody's, par par Everybody's prayers are always heard. But as parents, I really do think God hears and answers those prayers. It takes time, but he hears them, so take courage in that. And we're going to talk a lot about repentance and change. So, these are some of the things we're to look out for for today's um, video. Starting in... Um, chapter 25, Mosiah is going to read um, the records and talks about this in 5 and 6. and 5, and it came to pass that Mosiah did read and caused to be read the records of Zenith or Zenith. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I think it's Zenith. Um, and in 6, and he also read the record of Alma and his brethren. So he's going to begin to read the records to the people. He's gathered the people together and he's going to read them, read to them. Now, I want to just point out some of the things that reading the scriptures has done for them. Some of the feelings and the, and the emotions that they are going to go through. And I want you guys to think about when you read the scriptures, if you have these feelings and emotions. So in eight, we see that they're filled with exceedingly great joy. Um, because they, you know, they've they've learned about the deliverance from bondage, and that just fills them with joy. And I know we see that when we read the scriptures, like that idea of the deliverance just brings me so much joy. Um, in nine, we see that they felt sorrow for the death of many. That's in nine, um, and just many of their brethren. And then in ten, we see that um, they recognize the goodness of God. And I'm sure you guys recognize the goodness of God when you guys read the scriptures. There's just so many moments you're like, wow, right? We just stand in awe at His goodness and His mercy. And also in 10, they felt the need to give thanks to God. So, and in 11, they were, um, the sins of others filled them with pain and anguish. So those are all things, those aren't the exact words you're going to find in the scriptures, so don't look for those exact words. But those are what I have, kind of the cliff note versions on the side of some feelings and emotions that they had when they were reading the scriptures. Um, I know for me, when I read the scriptures, I go through a, like a whirlwind of emotions as well. When I read about the women and children um, the righteous women and children being persecuted or whatever, I just go through intense moments of feelings of pain. And, um, and then I go through the feelings of joy and happiness, you know, in other moments. So I feel like they were feeling those same emotions as they were being read the, the records. So Amulon now, um, so his, he, if you guys remember, Amulon was the priest, the leader of the priest, you guys remember him. And his children and, and his wife, they, okay, back up. He left them. And fled into the wilderness so they were left his wife and and children were left behind and but they got left behind when he fled into the wilderness and so they were delivered when everyone got delivered right and so they're now in the land of Zarahemla and we see in verse 12 that they no longer want his name they are so not happy with him I think it says um and it came to pass that those who were the children of Amulon and his brethren, who had taken to wife the daughters of the Lamanites, were displeased with the conduct of their fathers. 
and they would no longer be called by the name of their father. Therefore they took upon themselves the name of Nephi, that they might be called the children of Nephi and be, never, and be numbered among those who were called Nephites. And after this, we find out that everybody becomes Nephites at this point. There, this We have a lot of different groups and a lot of people, different people, but now we're all going to become Nephites. Now Alma's going to begin to speak to them in 14. He's going to teach repentance um, and faith, and he's going to teach this idea of remember. Remember who saved you. Remember who delivered you. It was your Savior, Jesus Christ. And we see that in verse 16. And I just think that's so beautiful if you think about this idea of like, we have so many moments on a day-to-day basis that we're delivered. So many moments that he comes through for us or that he helps us find our keys or that, I mean, whatever, how big or small the prayer is. We have so many moments in our lives where we definitely feel his, the Lord's hand in our lives. And I just feel like we need to remember, remember them more often. That's what he's trying to tell them in 16. Remember being delivered out of bondage. And who delivered you? Your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ delivered you. So now Lemhi and his people want to be baptized. Remember, they want to be baptized before as well. But now with Alma, they have someone who has the power and authority to baptize them. And they are so excited. So Alma baptizes them. And then he's going to organize the church. So we're going to see this group of people. And they're all from lots of different backgrounds and places. But they're going to gather together and they're going to be organized. Now there's so many of them that they have to organize them into to groups. So when I was teaching them my, this to my children, it was fun to be like, what kind of groups do we have in the church? What kind of, you know, we talked about stakes and we talked about wards and branches. And we kind of talked about how we're all the same church. We all have the same name, the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. But we're so big that we need to be broken down into areas that, you know, are more manageable so we can teach each other and lift each other and strengthen each other. So I taught, when I taught this to them, we, we talked about that and explained how it's the same today. Or organized into groups so they're gonna bl- they're gonna be blessed and prosper and they're gonna it's gonna be a good time for a little while now we're gonna go into 26 chapter 26 we're gonna see a whole new generation arising okay so let's just read verse 1 so we can see kind of what's happening with this new generation now it came to pass there were many of the rising generation that could not understand the words of King Benjamin being little children at the time he spake unto his people and they did not believe the traditions of their fathers. It goes on in 2 and 3 to talk about how they did not believe in resurrection. They did not believe in the coming of Christ. They did not um, get baptized. They did not join the church, which means they didn't even go to church. So they weren't assembling. They weren't learning. Um, they were separate in their faith. And it talks about how they would not call upon the Lord their God. So they weren't praying. They're not going to church to learn and, and, and be edified. They're not praying. So they're totally separate. Now, they had a huge impact on the church. Let's read about that in 6. For it came to pass they did deceive many with their flattering words who were in the church and did cause them to commit many sins. Therefore, it became expedient that those who committed sin that were in the church should be admonished by the church. Alma has never dealt with this problem before. This is a whole new issue for him. I mean, if you remember, he's just kind of a, he's a convert himself. All he heard was one man's testimony. Abinadi was the only testimony he heard. He's never seen a church organized. He's just doing it as the Lord kind of leads and guides him. So he's like, okay, what do I do with this situation? First, he counsels with the next one up in order. Now, in verse 8, we learn that he has authority over the church. Let's read verse 8. Now, King Messiah had given Alma the authority over the church. So King Messiah is over the people and Alma's over the church. So first, he checks in with the guy, with the guy above him, right? He's like, okay, this is the problem. What do you suggest I do? And King Messiah says, this, Messiah says, this is your thing, right? Like in 12, he says, I, you basically, I've given you full charge over this, right? So, um, so Alma's like, okay, 
this is my baby and in our callings if you think about in your callings have you ever had a calling that you're just like i don't know how to do this i don't know what to do so you go to your bishop and what does he say this is your thing you can do this so where do we go we go to the lord um in our families in our homes i know the situations that arise especially with you know children growing up um for me i don't have teenagers so when my kids start dating i'm gonna be like huh <laughs> this is a whole new thing and i don't know what i'm doing so, you know, I might first try to counsel with my husband. Obviously, we'll counsel together first. But we always need to go to the Lord and find counsel with the Lord because He will help us in all of our situations. So whatever new things arise, um, we go to the Lord first. And obviously, in a family, you and your husband go to the Lord together. But I'm just saying, whatever new thing is in your life, whatever hardship or new battle or new thing, it may not even be a battle, but whatever it is, go to the Lord. He will help you. Okay, so... Um, in 13, it says, and he went and inquired of the Lord what he should do concerning the matter in 14. And it came to pass that after he had poured out his whole soul to God, the voice of the Lord came unto him saying, but let's just stop there. This wasn't a passive, like while I'm doing my dishes prayer, this wasn't like a short, quick little, okay, help me with the situation prayer. This was like, it wasn't until after he poured out his whole soul. I don't even know what that looks like. I mean, was he praying about it for hours and hours and hours? Was he praying about everything in his life? Like, I don't even know what that looks like to pour out your whole soul to God. But in my opinion, it was just pleading, pleading, sincere pleading with him to help him because the situation involved more people than himself. So it was not passive. It was not quick. It was a sincere prayer that probably was lengthy. I'm assuming. Um, but anyway, after he pulled out his, poured out his whole soul, the Lord speaks to him. Now, this is the first time we have record that the Lord's speaking to Alma. So this is a big deal. Now, he's going to say, blessed art thou, Alma. And I love the first reason he says blessed. He says, thou art blessed because, thy, because of thy exceeding faith in the words alone of my servant Abinadi. Here he's like, you are blessed because of one man's witness you believed. You changed your entire life. And have done all these things because of one man's words. So you are blessed. And then he goes on in the next verse to say, And all those who believed you and believed on your words are blessed. Right? Because there were many who they believed solely on his words. And he says they are blessed. And then he blesses him for establishing his church. And then he blesses the people for everyone who is bearing his name. He blesses them all. And then I love this verse in 19. And because thou hast inquired of me concerning the transgressor, thou art blessed. And you can change that for your own situation. You could say, because thou hast inquired of me concerning this problem or concerning this challenge or concerning this, I don't even know off the top of my head of any other words, but you could put whatever you want there. Thou art blessed, right? We need to inquire of the Lord of everything we were going through. So, the Lord's going to tell him some truths. And in the Come Follow Me manual, it encourages you to look for the truths. But we're going to focus on um, 22 and what it, what he's going to teach about repentance and forgiveness. For behold, this is my church. Whosoever is baptized, and that's our Savior Jesus Christ speaking right there. Whosoever is baptized shall be baptized unto repentance. And whosoever ye shall re ye receive shall believe in my name, and him will I freely forgive. So now we're going to talk about baptism unto repentance and forgiveness, okay? So moving on, um, thinking about this idea of forgiveness, Alma's never had to really deal with this, right? So there's a lot of questions he has. And in verse 29, he says, 
Therefore I say unto you, Go, and whosoever transgresseth against me, him shall you judge according to the sins which he has committed. And if he confess his sins before thee and me, and repenteth, repenteth in the sincerity of his heart, him shall ye forgive, and I will forgive him also. And this next verse is so key. It's so important, you guys. Yea, and as often as my people repent, will I forgive them their transgresses against me. As often as my people repent, I will forgive them. I, I need that. I need that in my life, you guys. <laughs> I make mistakes all the time, and I get embarrassed going back again and again and being like, ah, oh, I did this again. I know we already went through this, but I'm sorry. I'm so sorry again, right? I, need, I get embarrassed. I'm like, ah, I'm coming before thee again. But he says here, as oft, as oft as you repent, he will forgive you. And then in 31, he talks about forgiving um he says, and ye shall also forgive one another your trespasses. And I think that's really what's important is that Alma understands that he needs to forgive also as long as they, in verse 29, confess and repent. So that needs to be sincere. Um, and then he's going to go on talking a little bit about if they don't repent, they're not of my people. Now Alma is going to write down the words the Lord tells him. And I know when I was studying the Come Follow Me manual, it talks about... Um, just kind of like, what what do you make of that? Are we writing down the thoughts and the feelings that are coming to our, our minds? Are, are they, um, wow, I can't talk. I'm like all over the place. Do we, are we recording, right? Our, um, our inspirations, our, you know, personal revelation, our thoughts and feelings, our, what are we recording? So um, I know I felt like there was a lot about journals in this particular week's Come Follow Me. So that was kind of fun. So they're gonna have peace for a little bit longer um, for like for a little, a little while and 38 is really, let's read 38. And now all these things did Alma and his fellow laborers. So the other, cause remember they separated into groups. So they had, you know, um, different leaders for different groups. Um, so, and, and his fellow laborers do who were over the church walking in all diligence. Remember that teaching the word of God in all things, suffering all manner of afflictions being persecuted by all those who did not belong to the church of God. Remember all of those. That's really, I mean, they are working so hard, but they're being persecuted and they're suffering all manner of afflictions. And I love at the bottom of 39 where it says, being commanded of God to pray without ceasing and to give thanks in all things. And that's so good. He's being commanded to never stop praying, never stop praying. And give thanks in all things. Oh, so good. Chapter 27. The persecution is going to get worse. It's going to get so bad. And the people are going to begin to murmur and to complain to their leaders. Alma's going to take it to King Mosiah. King Mosiah is going to counsel with his priests. And they're going to just, they're going to counsel together and be like, what do we do? What do we do with all this persecution that the church members are receiving? And they're going to come up with a plan. And the plan is to send out a proclamation. And in the proclamation, it says in three, and there was a strict command throughout all the churches that there should be no persecution among them and that there should be an, there shall, oh well, well, that there should be an equality among all men. And it's going to go on a little bit more, but I love this idea that he's just like, the persecution needs to stop. So this is a proclamation. It needs to stop. Um, they continue to talk about how all priests need to labor with their own hands. So they're going to have a little bit more peace. They're going to prosper for a little bit longer. But we're going to learn about the sons of Mosiah and one of the sons of Alma and how they are going about secretly disturbing the church. 
Um, it's against the law, so they're not going to do it openly, but they're going to do it secretly. Let's read a little bit about this. It says, let's read this in verse 8. Now the sons of Messiah were numbered among the unbelievers, and also one of the sons of Alma was um, was numbered among them. Let's jump down to nine. And he became a very he became a great hindrance hinderment to the prosperity of the church of God, stealing away the hearts of the people, causing much dissension among the people, giving a chance for the enemy of God to exercise his power over them. So remember, guys, what we're going to talk about today: this idea of don't give the enemy of God a chance. And here, we, this is where we see it right here. So he's um, flattering them and making them, you know, it's okay, don't worry about it, whatever, whatever, giving a chance for the enemy of God to exercise his power over them. Those don't give the enemy a chance. Don't give them even one shot at you. Don't try it one time. Don't experiment with it one time. Don't let up on, you know, the simple basic commandments of tithing, fast offerings, um, keeping the Sabbath day holy, whatever it is. Don't let up. Stay strong. Do not give the enemy of God even one chance to slip in. Because once he does, it's he starts, you know, slowly, slowly entrapping you. In 10, we find out that they were going about it secretly. Now, I have taught my children... <laughs> I tell them this all the time, not all the time, but whenever they're doing something like secretly, I tell them, hey, there is, there's a couple, I was taught this when I was a teenager by my brother actually, there's at least two good indicators that you're doing something wrong. One of them is you're having to sneak around. If you have to do something secretly, it's probably wrong. And number two, if you stop listening to your loved ones. Um, those that love you, if you stop listening to them, it's probably wrong. So, but in this case, it's just the secret one. The second one has nothing to do with what we hear, what we're saying here. But um, they're going about secretly. So obviously, it's wrong, right? Because if you have to do anything secretly, it's probably wrong. It's most likely wrong. <laughs> nothing, God doesn't do things in the secret. He does it in out and open. So, okay, let's find out about the story of Alma and the brothers and the sons of Messiah. And it came, and it, we're going to start in 11. And and as I said unto you, as they were going about rebelling against God, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and he descended as it were in a cloud, and he spake as it were with a voice of thunder, which caused the earth to shake upon which they stood. 13. Nevertheless, he cried again, saying, Alma, arise and stand forth, for why persecutest thou the church of God? For the Lord hath said, This is my church, and I will establish it, and nothing shall overthrow it, save it is the transgression of my people. 14. And again the angel said, Behold, the Lord hath heard the prayers of his people, and also the prayers of his servant, Alma, who is thy father. For he has prayed with much faith concerning thee, that thou mightest be brought to the knowledge of the truth. And this is where we talk about the Lord hears those prayers of us parents. As we plead to the Lord for our wayward children, the Lord hears our prayers. And it, it takes a long time, and we may not all see it in this life, but he hears our prayers. In one way or another, he hears our prayers. So um, let's jump down. Let's jump to the bottom of 16. Alma, go thy way and seek to destroy the church no more, that their prayers may be answered. And this even if thou wilt of thyself. And this even if thou wilt of thyself be cast off. So go and sin no more, right? So um, out the, the, they fall. They fall down. They, this was a big, a big deal. And Alma becomes dumb. 
he can't move and he can't speak. And so the sons of Messiah take him to, the, to their father and they lay him before him. And what does he do? He rejoices. He rejoices and it tells why in 20. And his father rejoiced for he knew that it was the power of God. He knew that it was the power of God. He's been praying for this. Not that this exact thing would happen, but that his son's heart would be softened. Now he's going to call the priest and he's going to ask them to fast and pray that his son will wake up and be able to share his experience, be able to share what happened. So they fast and pray for two days. Two days, you guys. And that's in 23. And it came to pass after they had fasted and prayed for the space of two days and two nights. The limbs of Alma received their strength and he stood up and began to speak unto them, bidding them to be of good, good, cheer, good comfort. 14. For said he, I have repented of my sins and have been redeemed of the Lord, for I am born of the Spirit. Okay. We are going to see some incredible phrases in the next couple of verses. I just want to pull them out. 25. And the Lord said unto me, Marvel not that all mankind, yea. Now, think, just pay attention. Are you one of these? Are you in this group anywhere? Just listen. I know I am. <laughs> all mankind, yea, men and women, all nations, kindred, tongues, and people must be born again. Yea, born of God, changed. We're going to stop right there. I just want you to pay attention to that word, changed. All mankind, men and women, all nation, kindred, tongues, and people have to be changed. We have to be changed. We cannot survive in this, this, this state. Let's read it. From their carnal and fallen state to a state of righteousness, being redeemed of God, becoming his sons and daughters. All mankind must be changed. And thus they become new creatures. And that's in verse 26. I love that word, new creatures. Now he's going to talk about his experience a little bit. Listen to some of these words in verse 28. Nevertheless, after waiting through much tribulation, waiting nigh unto death, okay, much tribulation, nigh unto death, you're beginning to feel his emotions. The Lord in mercy has seen fit to snatch me out of an everlasting burning, and I am born of God. My soul hath been redeemed from the gall of bitterness. That, those words, tribulation, nigh unto death, gall of bitterness, and bonds of iniquity, he says next. I was in the darkest abyss. Oh my word, these words are just like so intense. But now I behold the marvelous light of God. My soul is racked with eternal torment, but I am snatched and my soul is pained no more. Those are incredible. Gall of bitterness, darkest abyss, racked with eternal torment. So if all of that can be taken away and he can say, my soul is pained no more, then we can feel the same way. Then we too can be forgiven because that was intense. <laughs> so we too can be forgiven. They're going to go about now doing good. They are no longer in secret. They are now in the open. They're going to go about and they're going to be persecuted by those that used to be their friends. And isn't that the way it is in life? When we turn and change, when we change and become a new person, what do our friends do? Oh, you're goody goody now, huh? You think you're too good for us. Right? Are those phrases that teenagers like tell each other? Um, or anybody could tell each other. <laughs> Start throwing out phrases about someone being too good or changing or whatever those phrases are. So they're going to get persecuted. Let's read about, it, read about it at the bottom of 32. And preaching the word of God in much tribulation, being greatly persecuted by those who were unbelievers, being smitten by many of them. So those who used to be their friends, those who used to be unbelievers with them, 
are now going to smite them and to persecute them. But let's go to 35. I love this so much, you guys. This shows true repentance. This shows absolute true repentance. Let's read it. And they traveled throughout the land of Zarahemla and among all the people who were under the reign of King Mosiah, zealously striving to repair all the injuries which they had done to the church, confessing all their sins. We're going to stop right there. Isn't that what Alma was taught? That they will, if they will confess and repent, then they will be forgiven. And isn't that what they're showing with their own lives? They are trying to fix everything that they've done, all the wrongs they've made. They're trying to fix and they're confessing openly. And let's go to 36. And thus they were instruments in the hands of God in bringing many to the knowledge of the truth, yea, to the knowledge of their Redeemer. And how blessed are they? For they did publish peace. For they did, but they published good tidings of good, and they did declare unto the people that the Lord reigneth. And that's so beautiful. Oh my word, I love it so much. 28, this is the last one. So they're going to go out and they're going to find some friends and they call them select, a select group. Let's just read it um, right here. Now it came to pass that after the sons of Messiah had done all these things, they took a small number with them and returned to their father, the king, and desired of him that he would grant unto them that they might, with these whom they had selected, so this is their select group, go up to the land of Nephi, that they might preach the things which they had heard and that they might impart the word of God to their brethren, the Lamanites. Okay, pause. So there was, I mean, Lamhi's people just came from the land of Nephi. And who was it that took over? The Lamanites. And now they want to go back up. The Lamanites had the Nephites in bondage. They were not kind to them. They were enslaving them and putting burdens on them and, you know, beating them. And these, these boys are so incredible. They're so amazing. They're like, we want to go and teach them. Yes, that group. That group that we just, our parents were bondage to and were delivered from. We want to go teach them. Now, I love this in verse 2. It says that, that perhaps they might bring them to the knowledge of the Lord their God. I'm just going to just finger some of these things that they want to teach them. A knowledge of the Lord their God and convince them of the iniquities of their fathers and that, and that perhaps they might cure them of their hatred towards their Nephites. They want to cure them of this hatred that they may also be brought to rejoice in the Lord their God that they might become friendly to one another and that they should be no more contention in all the land which the Lord God, their God, had given them. So isn't that incredible? They're like, we want to teach them of their Savior. We want us all to be friends. We want their hatred to go away. We want them to come to the knowledge of the Lord and Savior. So good. And they want salvation for all. And I love in 3 how it talks about oh, they, it, they hurt. They hurt for those that are in sin. They hurt for those that will die in their sins because they've been there. They have experienced being in sin and they know what it feels like. They know looking back that they could have been damned. And they're like, wow, we, we barely, by the mercy of our Savior Jesus Christ, escaped that. How, how do we get more people to escape that? How do we save more people? Because we know what that looks like. So three, they were desirous that salvation should be declared to every creature. For they could not bear that any human soul should perish. Yet even the very thought that any soul should endure endless torment did cause them to quake and tremble. They would quake and tremble at even the thought that anyone would go through that. For, and thus did the Spirit of the Lord work upon them, for they were the very vilest of sinners. And the Lord saw fit in his infinite mercy to spare them. Nevertheless, they suffered much anguish of soul because of their iniquities, suffering much and fearing that they should be cast off forever. 
Now, they're going to plead with Mosiah. So what's Mosiah going to do? He's going to go to the Lord. And the Lord's going to promise him that they will be spared. Let's read it in 7. The Lord said unto Mosiah, let them go up. For many shall believe on their words, and they shall have eternal life, and I will deliver thy sons out of the hands of the Lamanites. So Mosiah has a promise from the Lord that his sons will be delivered, that they will be okay. So he says, okay, let's go. We're going to learn more about their journey. Um, at Alma, um, Alma 17 through 27, we're going to learn more about what happens with them. So none of these sons will be the king because they all want to go be missionaries. So none of them will take on the kingship. So he, um, King Mosiah is going to start to gather the records up. He's going to start translating the records with the seer stones. He's going to translate ether. He's going to translate all the records and get everything organized and ready. Um, and then he's going to give in 20, he's going to give all of it to Alma. He's going to um, confer all of the records and the things that have been handed down to him to Alma. And he's going to command him to keep and preserve them. And that is it. That is where we end for this week. It's exciting, you guys. I can't believe we have seen a total turnaround from the Sons of Messiah and Alma. It's just been an awesome, awesome story. Okay, I hope you guys will join me again next week. See you then.